It is time for another edition of the Two Bums and a Mike Sports Podcast. And as always, you can listen to us on Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Two Bums and a Mike. I am your host, Mike Morrison, and today I am writing solo. As I record this, it is July 3rd. We are one day away from the 4th of July, so to everyone out there listening, happy 4th of July, stay safe, please keep all your fingers, (laughs) but today, by myself, you get to hear my lovely voice, and today I have, I have a few topics that I wanted to go over today, and uh, we're kind of just going to go into them, I'm going to just go into some chains of thought, and just, you know what, we're just going to have a conversation. You and I together, and we're just gonna we're just gonna discuss a few things, and I love to hear all of your feedback and our comments on our socials on Spotify. I want to see them. I want to hear them all. Let's do it. So, right off the bat, I want to get into this. I want to get into the Chicago Bulls. Now, we've we've gone into discussion about the Chicago Bulls in the past, and the Chicago Bulls really. It, it, it's so hard to figure out what the plan is for the Bulls here. We've gone on record and really, really gone in depth about how there's no direction. We don't know what's going on. There's no real plan for improvement. There's no real, sh- like, they don't show us, the people in charge, that they're willing to change and make improvements and not just stay at status quo or be content with where they are because they finished 40 and 42 and they made the last spot in the play-in tournament that's kind of pathetic and we're in that constant mode with the with the bulls about should we go for it should we sell off should we tank should we go for it like this is constant back and forth and Nobody really knows what to do. And I think that translates into uh, Connor Shervis and Mark Eversley, the two guys in charge running the Chicago Bulls. And I I don't know what they're doing. I don't like the way that they run things. I don't like the way that they've handled the Lonzo Ball situation, getting three-point shooting, which they've not addressed. Um, young stars dra- drafting and developing, they don't do that well. And it's, they're not the worst team in the league, but they're not, not even close to the best. They're like the 15th. They're right smack dab in the middle of the pack. And it's so infuriating that we as fans, and I say me, like say me, Kevin, and Christian, talk about this like, well, clearly they should do this. And this, and this, like they should get three-point shooting. They should try to get younger. They should not have signed Zach Levine to that mega deal that they did. All of this stuff, and you hear professionals like radio talk shows and people in Sports Center and all that that they say the same thing. And if we as fans that are not in this, you know, media world that are doing this for a living, and we're saying the same thing as those that are professionally doing this and do this to make a living, then what are they doing? Like, AK and Mark Eversley. 
I don't understand. And the the ghosts. Like I see that as like you never ever hear them talk. They don't do interviews. They don't go to the camera. They don't go to the microphone. They don't do jack. They don't. Go and try to find footage. You might find two interviews in the last two and a half years. And I'm not exaggerating. It's it's kind of sad. Like, you're not taking responsibility and you're not going to take that criticism if you make a bad mistake, which they have, and they won't face the music. They're just going to hide away in the little office and not face the music, not face the media, which, in my opinion, as someone who's running and operating a professional sports team, you have that obligation to stand by your decisions and tell them, tell the media why you did what you did or why you plan to do what you do or whatever the case may be. And they don't do that. And that rubs me the wrong way. I don't personally like that style. I like to be upfront and like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I plan to do. This is what I want to do. This XYZ. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is why I did this. And I don't regret it. And if it, if it turns out to bite me in the butt, so be it. I own that. And that's it. That's easy for me to say. I don't run a professional sports team. And neither of us, none of us do here on Two Bums in my Gun. I don't think any of us ever will. Maybe one day. Probably not. But you never know. The world is crazy like that. But I, the last year and a half, I've, I've not liked how the Bulls have run. Have not, have been run. And I wanted to get into them signing now. They extended their center, Nikola Vucevic, to a three-year, $60 million extension, which was uh, put out to the media on June 28th. And a quick rundown on Vucevic. He's a veteran center, has averaged a double-double each Season since joining the Bulls at the trade deadline of March of 21. He's averaged similar stat lines the last two campaigns, 17.6 points and 11 rebounds, and served as one of the 10 players who played in every game last season. He played in every single game last season. Give him that. He's entering his 13th season of his career, suiting up for the Philadelphia 76ers and Orlando Magic since being drafted number 16 overall in 2011. Um, Chicago's remaining free agents are Patrick Beverly, Io DeSumo, Andre Drummond, Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., and Kobe White. As far as I'm aware, uh, Patrick Beverly has signed elsewhere, and Andre Drummond has signed back with the Bulls. I have not heard, or at least I'm not aware of at this moment, about Ayo Dezumu, um, Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., and Kobe White. But, like this, like, that, like Nikola Vucevic is a walking double-double. Every single game. And for those that don't know what that means in basketball terms, it's essentially every single game he's averaging at least double-digit points, which is 10 or more, and double-digit rebounds. Uh, 10 rebounds or more. Or assists. 10 assists. There's a thing called the triple-double, which is when you're in a game, you have at least 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's a triple-double. Double-double is two of those out of the three. Any combination, rather, really. It's not just points and rebounds. It could be points and assists, or rebounds and assists, or what have you. But Nikola Vucevic 
from just just him playing every single game last year and averaging a double double every single game. Like that's the guy you want on this team. And he was going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. And I w- when I saw this news, I was extremely surprised that they got him for this cheap. Now, $60 million is a lot of money for three years. But, you know, again, he's going into his 13th season. I want to say he's 32. And, you know, he's still in the prime of his career. He's still, like, again, he played every single game. He's averaging a double-double. He's a he's one of your best players if not he is your most reliable player you know every single game you're going to get a double double with him and you know every single day he's going to play you know that and that's very valuable but I'm, I was surprised that he signed for that I, when the news broke I was talking with Christian and he brought up the point that he thinks it was like a you know a team friendly deal or a team discount he signed for a team discount. He probably could have gotten more money if he went elsewhere, wherever somebody else was offering him. And he probably could have made more money elsewhere. But he wanted to stay with Chicago, and he took a, a team-friendly deal, or at least a team-friendlier deal, than where he could have gone somewhere else. I don't know what the market was for him or what it could have been. I would imagine it, and maybe somebody would offer him four years... 80 million, 85 million, 90 million for four years, maybe five. I don't think anyone would give him five because he's 32. And then at that point, for professional athletes, especially him already being 12 years in, and so that would be his 17th year in. You don't know how his knees and his legs and his body is going to hold up by then. You just don't for a professional athlete like that. And I think it's safe to say that the Bulls made a smart deal. For three years at $60 million, I think that's pretty fair. And I love that Vucevic is back. But the problem, again, with this team is that there's no clear number one superstar on this team. I don't care what anybody else says. I know if Christian was here, he'd be arguing right back at me. But you know what? He's not here. So you got to listen to my opinion on this. Um, I There's no superstar on this team. Zach Levine is not a number one guy. He's a number two, most likely a number three guy on a really good team. Same thing with DeMar DeRozan. Same thing with Nikola Vucevic. No disrespect to any three of those guys, but they're not superstars. They're not on the esque of LeBron James, on Damian Lillard, on Steph Curry, on Giannis. Anybody like that. They're not. They're simply not. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. If you argue with me that they are, it's simply wrong. You can list off the top 30 players in the league, and maybe those three get to 30. Maybe. Maybe top 25. Or maybe 225, rather, like at the 25 mark. But they're not on that echelon. They're not. They're great. They're not superstars. They're not players that are going to carry a team completely on their back. They're really good players, but they're sim- simply not on the esque of those elite players. Like Chokic, like Giannis, like LeBron James, like Damian Lillard, like Steph Curry, like all those guys that I just mentioned. They're not. And if, if you brought in, say, one of those guys or somebody on that esque, 
to play with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. Then we're talking, but these three can't do it. And it clearly showed with this last campaign of going 40 and 42. And to me, the last interview that I heard of AK and Eversley give uh, before the trade deadline, uh, not the trade deadline, before the, the NBA draft that happened recently over the last few weeks, is that it seems like they're going to run it back again for a third straight year. They're not going to really make much improvements, even though they need defense. They need shooters. They need three-point shooting. They're one of the worst three-point shooters in the league. They're not big. They're super small, height-wise. And it's clear as day. And I'm not, like, my number one sport is baseball. That's what I live and die for it. That's what I breathe. That is what I live by, is baseball. That is my number one sport. It will always be that. Professional wrestling is very close number two because I do that for a living as well. And I love that to death. I love that to death. I study it. I consume it. I I put I put 110% into that to make myself better in that field because I physically do it and I love it so much. But, you know, I love hockey. I love basketball. I love football. I love European football. I like I like I love sports. It's my life. That is a huge part of my life. And, you know, I don't follow basketball as hard as I do baseball. For anyone that knows me, it is baseball 24-7. I'm constantly updating myself on roster moves and trades and prospects coming in. And not just for White Sox, but for the whole league. Whole entire league. I honestly should be a reporter (laughs) at this point for the MLB. But for basketball... It's not as much, like, I don't follow it as hard as I do baseball. I follow it pretty good, especially for this, for this podcast. And I need to make sure that, like, at least somewhat know what I'm talking about. But I don't follow it as hard. And for me to know and understand the situation of this Bulls team of they're mediocre, they're not terrible, but they're not good either. And they clearly need to fix these things on their team and they're not doing it for whatever reason then it's like what are we doing here i have these conversations with kevin and christian and i feel like all three of us are mostly in unison for this but i want to win it's easy for me to say as a fan saying well clearly you need to trade for this guy Clearly, you need to spend money on this free agent. Clearly, you need to do this. You need to do X, Y, and Z, and this team will be great. Clearly, that's what you need to do. And that's easy for me to say. That is very easy for me to say. But it's not up to me. And I, I, don't, get, I don't get our GMs in Chicago Bulls. I, just, I simply don't get it. I, like... It, is it a coincidence that the Bulls and the Sox are run by the Reinsdorfs and each team is basically a duplicate of itself of the mediocre, they don't trade, they don't spend, and they're in the middle of the pack, if not worse, and they refuse to change. Is it a coincidence? Probably not, because they have the same higher brass 
running this organization or these organizations. And I'm a firm believer that teams start from the top down. The top trickles down to everyone else. And what I mean by that is the owner or the GM or the executive vice president or whoever is running the everyday operations of a team. It starts from there and then it trickles down. And if there's a guy running or gal running a team that does like doesn't want to win, they could say they want to win, but it's clear as day that they don't and they care more about sponsorships and making money and making profit and all this good. And obviously, again, we've said this, making money is important when it comes to running an organization. That's how you literally do everything. That's how you pay your players. That's how you pay your employees. Like that's, that's how things go. Like that's, I get it. I get it. I truly do. But at the same time, you have to want to win or else don't do this job. Because I'm sick of this constantly seeing our Chicago upper management is the word I'll use. Our Chicago upper management constantly trying to just stay mediocre so that they could keep raising the prices on food and concessions and ticket prices and get new TV deals and sponsorships all while just staying plateau and they keep making more money every single year. But I've made this argument so many times. When you try to win, when you go out and make an effort and trade for players and sign players and go a little bit more than what you're willing to to get a winning team so then when you win more, more people show up. What happens when more people show up? More people buy food and more people buy merchandise and more people buy ticket plans. More people come in so that means more uh, parking that people have to pay for like there's more of everything and what happens when there's more of everything there's more money it's like I don't get it I don't understand why like I don't understand why that's so hard to understand with these guys with these GMs and owners I don't get it you have to spend money to make money that's like it's simple and I don't get it I simply don't get it. I like that the Bulls signed Vucevic to an extension, but like that can't be the only thing that they do. If that is the only thing that they do, then they're doomed. And those people in charge clearly don't care. They clearly don't care. Because from what I've been told and what I've been heard, what I've heard on sports radio and ESPN and everything and like everywhere that I follow to keep up to date with everything in the sports world is that they've been given the green light to go over the tax threshold in the NBA and to spend money. They have been given the green light. Mark Eversley and Konashovis, AK rather, they have been given the green light to spend. And if they don't, they clearly don't care. They don't care about the team. They don't care about us as the fans. They don't. Call me harsh, but to me, that's what it shows me. And until you do otherwise, that's what my that's what my thought is of you, Mark Eversley and Konashovas. Change it. Please change it. I beg you. Do anything. Do something. 
This can't be the only thing. If Vucevic is the only thing, I will be so disappointed. And there would be no point to really going to a Bulls game next year. I, I, I just don't know. I really don't know. Moving on to a more, I guess, I don't want to say I guess. Moving on to a more sad and depressing story. I, I, I went back and forth about talking about this story, but I felt like I should just to at least bring it to maybe some people's attention that maybe people didn't know about. Um, in the NASCAR world, the, the racing world of NASCAR, um, over this last weekend, um, there was a unique racing event that was happening in the city of Chicago. For the first time ever, NASCAR would be holding a race literally on the streets of Chicago. They barricaded streets off and they were having a race inside the city streets for NASCAR. And it was a cool concept. I was able to watch some of it. On Saturday, Sunday was completely rained out because Sunday was raining. It was raining all day, extremely heavy. They canceled it. So the second day of this event did not happen. But before this event even happened, earlier the week before, there was a very, um, just a very, very awful, horrible, tragic event that happened to one of a, one of the drivers a legendary driver at that Jimmy Johnson um, Jimmy Johnson has been a NASCAR driver for God two decades two and a, uh, two decades and a half 25 years something uh, some odd like that like he's been around for a long time and to me NASCAR like NASCAR has a very big soft spot in my heart the the first some first odd memories that I have as a young kid growing up was watching NASCAR with my dad and my uncle Rafe and my cousins you know we would go over to my cousin's house to my uncle Rafe's house and me and my siblings and all of us cousins we all had our own drivers and we'd all watch the NASCAR races on 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 Saturday nights or Sunday mornings or afternoons rather and you know I had Bobby Labonte my, two of my sisters had Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. One, my brother had Tony Stewart. My little sister had Mark Morin. My dad loved Dale Earnhardt Jr. Like we, like, we were really in it. I played a lot of NASCAR games as a kid. And if I brought any of my siblings on, and we, we, we could probably bring up a lot of NASCAR memories as a kid, as kids collectively, rather, and talk about memories of that and good times. NASCAR, I would all five. I, I would bet you a lot of money. All five of us would say that NASCAR has a soft spot in our heart from our childhood. And seeing this happen to Jimmy Johnson, what happened? Nothing happened to Jimmy Johnson, the the person, but rather to his family. It was reported and confirmed that um, Jimmy Johnson's in-laws, along with one of his grandchildren. Um, were found dead in Oklahoma last Monday night. That would have been the 26th. It would have been Monday, June 26th is when this first reported. Um, 
and police suspect was a murder suicide according to multiple reports now i'm i i want to talk about this and i'm going to try not to go too far into the depths but um what i'm reading and what i have read is that the bodies of jack janway and terry janway the parents of johnson's wife uh chandra and 11 year old uh, Dalton Janway, Chandler's nephew, uh, were found following a report, a reported disturbance in, involving a gun, law enforcement officials told Fox. The investigation is still going on, but there is no motive yet known. Um, local newspapers were talking about that there was a dispatch call to 911 at approximately 9.05 p.m. local time. Um, when officers went inside the house, there was a disturbance taking place. They found 69-year-old Dr. Jack Janway, Johnson's father-in-law. Um, soon after, they found they they heard a gun go off from further inside the home. More officers arrived at the scene and found 68-year-old Terry Janway, Jack's wife, as well as their 11-year-old grandson Dalton in the house no longer with us um that tuesday uh legacy motor club announced that they were withdrawing jimmy johnson from the upcoming um chicago nascar race and the johnson family has asked for their privacy at this time and no further statements have or will be made and so far that has not nascar is aware of the situation and has retweeted the legacy motor club statement but has not released anything else at this time johnson has been married to chandra since 2004 so hearing all this first of all very much first and foremost i want to send my condolences and my prayers to Jimmy Johnson and his wife's family and their family and all of them. This is a horrible, horrible situation and an event that happened. And I would never wish for this to happen to anyone ever on this planet. And it's like, I don't know. I... I I don't really know what to make of this because there's no real concrete evident news yet of this is exactly what happened. This were the motives. This is why this happened. Like there's none of that. The only thing now is to speculate and I don't really want to speculate. I don't think that's my place. I don't think that's appropriate for me to speculate of why this happened. But the only thing I could compare it to is the Chris Benoit story and for those who don't know I'll keep it very brief because it is a very sensitive topic as well Chris Benoit was a professional wrestler for a lot of years and in 2007 he basically did the same thing that happened here he um, he he did an irreversible thing to his wife at the time and his I believe seven year old son at the time and to himself and police found all three of them in the house in 2007 
and it's um it's a very touchy subject especially in the professional wrestling world it's basically become you know taboo to talk about chris benoit and that whole situation there's been a there's been documentaries and there's been articles of the dozens or hundreds rather talking about why chris benoit did what he did and a lot of people kind of go towards his concussions and his steroid abuse and his alcohol that he abused for a while people think that he had a lot of brain trauma which is what led him to not think straight and not sleep well and him constantly being on the road 300 days a year and just go 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 and it just became too much and that you know I don't know if that's the same thing for here I don't know what I don't know what comes next for Jimmy Johnson and his family I don't I feel so horrifically bad for him and his wife and again I wish nothing but the best and my condolences to them and their family and I hope everything gets resolved and everything gets better for them and I hope all of you can reach out to them on social media or however way you can keep them in your prayers and you know just just keep them keep them in your thoughts and We'll keep you up to date if there's any more news that breaks out for that. And moving on I, to the final topic of today that I wanted to touch on today was the, the White Sox. I know we talk about the White Sox all the time on here, but in fairness to us, all three of us are diehard baseball fans and even more diehard White Sox fans. We, we watch baseball and the White Sox specifically religiously we do that's how it's going to be that's how this podcast is this is what we're going to talk about a lot of the time if we can help it because we love this team so much and over this last weekend they had a weekend series in Oakland against the Oakland A's for those who don't know the Oakland A's are on pace to be in the top five of the worst baseball teams ever in the history of the game. And that's not recency bias. That is concrete statistically that this team is that bad. They are on pace to lose 110, 115 plus games, if not 120 games. That's what they're on pace for. Out of 162 games total, they're on pace to to lose 115, if not 120 games. That's <laughs> like horrifically bad. Doesn't even do that justice of how bad that is. That is horrible, horrifically bad, all time bad. And baseball's been around for 150 plus years, and this team is going to be in the top five of the worst team ever ever the Oakland Athletics and the White Sox almost got swept by them they lost the first two games Friday and Saturday lost them both and Sunday they were up I believe 6-1 to one at one point 
Oakland comes all the way back to make it six to five. Oakland then makes, uh, excuse me, the White Sox then make it seven to five. The Oakland then scores in the bottom of the ninth and have two runners on. It is seven to six. And and I don't know who was up, but one of the one of the Oakland hitters in the bottom of the ninth hit an absolute rocket to right center field, and Clint Frazier, Clint Frazier made a great catch and right, and it ended the game with the White Sox winning um, seven to six. And to me, the White Sox didn't win that game; they survived. They survived that game against Oakland. Now let me let me repeat that. The White Sox survived Oakland. They survived Oakland? That's... Why on earth is that a sentence? Why on earth is that in in reality to what this team is? They survived Oakland? Oakland is on pace, again, to lose 120 games out of 162 total. And they almost got swept by them. I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to stick by this. And if I'm wrong, awesome. I hope I am. This team season is done. It's done. We're, we're uh, it's July third, and I'm saying this right now. It is on record. It will be posted. I'm going to stick by this. This season is done. The White Sox season is done because they. It, Oh, God, where do I even begin with this? The White Sox are 37 and 49. They are 12 games under 500. And the five and a half back of first place because Minnesota is 42 and 43. They are under 500 and they are in first place. That goes to show, one, how bad this division is. This division is on pace to have an, be another all-time worst of potentially the first-place team going to the playoffs with an under 500 record. That's awful. Pathetic. All five of these teams should be ashamed of themselves. But this White Sox team is, 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 is just awful. It's just awful. It, it's. I think. I think at this point it's delusion. I think they're delusional at this point because we keep constantly, constantly hearing from Rick Hahn, from Jerry Reinsdorf, from Kenny Williams, from Pedro Cafal, the manager, all of them. We have faith in this team. We just need to get healthy. We just need to do that. Like, shut up. Like simply, like shut up. I'm tired. I'm done. I'm tired of hearing this. Because you've been saying the same garbage for three freaking years. And for the same the last three years, the team is virtually identical. There's no changes. There's no upgrades. You refuse to address right field. You refuse to address second base. You refuse to address your bullpen. You refuse to address your starting pitching. Do I need to go on? Like, it's... I love baseball so much. I do. You ask anybody that knows me, besides my family, 
what's most important to me in this world, and that's baseball, and that's the Chicago White Sox. I love this. I breathe this. I sleep this. This is the whole reason I got freaking bullied in school was because of how much I loved baseball and how much I loved the White Sox. And for me to sit and watch this team unfold of, well, okay, we just need to get back. No! Shut up! All offseason, all offseason, all I heard from Lucas Giolito and Yasmani Grandal and Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, all these, all these guys, I'm very confident in this team. We've all, we've all upgraded our workout programs. We're all in the best shape of our lives. We're going to come in here. We're going to kick your ass and we're going to win this division and we're going to move on and we got high hopes. Really? I said this during spring training. I don't believe I said this on the podcast, but I know I said it to Kevin and Christian. Is that I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that garbage. I don't want to hear that BS. I don't. I don't care. I simply don't care. Do it. Show it. Prove it. And you're not. You're simply not. It's it's I'm not I'm, I'm past that point of they just need to get hot. It's too late. We're we're two and a half weeks away from the all-star break. We're more than halfway done with the season now. We just passed the halfway point some days ago. And this team looks even worse than it is. They're unpaid. Last year, you heard us (laughs) all last year on this podcast talk about how infuriating the team was last year. How throughout the whole season, they were never above five games over 500 and were never below five games under 500 never this team this team is on pace to finish 9 or 10 games under 500 the projected to be even worse than last year how I don't get it it's the same freaking argument that I've been talking about with the Bulls is that this team this management refuses to actually grow a pair and to fix this team like go out and, and like grow a pair and get a second baseman go out and grab get a pair and get a right fielder we don't have one stop trying to I don't know if you're trying to convince us as the fan or yourself that Romy Gonzalez is, a, is the situation is the solution rather at second base stop trying to persuade us or well, persuade yourself that Gavin Sheets is the is the answer in right field. They're not. They're simply not. We don't have a left-handed starting pitcher. We don't have starting pitcher depth. We don't have a good defensive catcher. We don't even have a good catcher at all. I don't care what Christian says. I'm sorry, Christian. I love you, but I don't care. He can't play defense. He can't hit. He runs slower than a turtle. It, we don't have a catcher. We don't have a second baseman. We don't have a right fielder. Tim Anderson is cr- crumbling before our eyes. Yohan Mikata has, has been... He can't figure it out. In the last three years, he can't get off his own butt to save his life to play this game. Eloy can't stay on the field. You got Lucas Giolito that's going to leave because of free agency. Lance Lynn's going to be off the books. Joe Kelly's going to be off the books. Most likely, Liam Hendricks is going to be off the books. Tim Anderson has a team option. 
This is gonna be a, Mike Clemenger is gonna be off because he's got a one-year deal. There's other bullpen guys that got one-year deals. Like this, this team is one way or another going to be significantly different next year, and I don't know which way it's gonna go. And it's like I love this so much that it it truly hurts me and upsets me and disappoints me when I see this of something that I love so much. And for them to go out there this weekend, this last weekend, to very, very closely, very nearly get swept by Oakland. That says it all. I'm done. I'm going to continue watching and I will support this team. But I have no more faith in this team. I hope they win every single day the rest of the season. I hope so. What happened? No. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong in the sense that they're done. I truly do. Don't call me bandwagon. Like that's the that's the last thing you anybody has the nerve and goal to call me or any all three of us a bandwagon. It's like you guys are just leaving them because they're bad, and if they become good, you're gonna be fancy. No. All three of us, and I will defend Kevin and Christian on this. All three of us have bled this team. Ever since we were kids, we bleed black and white for the Chicago White Sox. We all through our elementary school years, middle school, and high school, every single year, we watched and cheered and went to games and paid attention and loved this team through Every single bad year, and there was a lot of them. There was like 15 consecutively bad seasons. But every single year we showed up. And then they did the rebuild. And we stuck through that. And one by one, these players came up. And one by one, they made a few decent trades. And it's it didn't work. It failed. At this point, it has failed. Dylan Cease... Really good. Cy Young contender. Cy Young finalist last season. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him. I don't want I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised. G Leto is going to be traded. Eloy has not worked. Yoan uh, has not worked. Tim Anderson worked for a few years, but he's plateaued. Bad. You know, Andrew Vaughn is okay. Luis Robert, he just made the All-Star team. Congratulations, in all seriousness. Congrats to Luis Robert Jr. and making the All-Star team. Very well deserved. But he's just picking it up now. And these last three years, he couldn't figure it out. And once again, we don't have a right fielder. We don't have a second baseman. Grandal, awful. Andrew Benatendi is okay. Every single player that we've somewhat collected over these last five years to do this rebuild and to win, the experiment failed. The experiment failed. It failed. If you tell me it hasn't, you're delusional and you're wrong. I'm tired. I like. I and I'm always. I always try my best to see both ends, see both sides, give the benefit of the doubt on the other side. But I'm. It's done. You, you can't convince me otherwise. This season is done. This team is done. 
they're going to sell off at the deadline, and as soon as it does, all three of us are going to be on here, and you think this is bad, what I'm doing right now, of really speaking my true feelings about this team, <laughs> just you wait, all three of us are going to be on here, and I, and I I don't think we'll be responsible for what we say, we're probably going to say a, a good amount of F-bombs, and S-bombs, and... And it's not going to be... It's going to be a viewer, viewer discretion advised episode. <laughs> Probably. If they sell off at this deadline. And... It's... It's just... It's sad. I don't know what else to say other than... It's extremely sad. And I wish it was different. It should have been different. But you know what? It's not. And we have to live with it. You know? We can only do so much as fans... And it's up to the, the people in charge to make these decisions. And clearly they haven't. And clearly they haven't for a long time. And until things change up there, it goes all the way back to what I talked about earlier with the Bulls. About starting at the top and all that trickling down. It starts at the top for this White Sox team. And it's trickling down to the team. And until the top management changes nothing's going to change with this team and that's just plain and simple I hate that that's the reality of this team but that is the reality of this team and I don't know what else to say I I don't know what else to say I'm sorry that <laughs> this this <laughs> I feel really bad now that this episode has been a lot of complaining and a lot of talking bad about and a lot of critical talk about multiple things and sad news with Jimmy Johnson and them but you know what I feel like it's our obligation and our job here on this podcast to talk about what's going on in the sports world and you know what this is what's going on in the sports world right now you know Connor Bedard I guess Connor but that's a that's a happy story Connor Bedard officially got drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL draft going number one and a lot of people are talking about Connor Bedard and what this means for the Blackhawks. Now, <laughs> I don't think that the Blackhawks are going to be a good team next year. And that's not a knock at Connor Bedard or Taylor Hall that they traded for, which is a very good veteran, a former MVP, a former number one overall pick. In the NHL draft, I believe in 2017. Don't hold me to that. Christian would know that better than me. But this team is on the upwards. And I think it's going to take another year or so. I don't think next year they're going to be... Or this next NHL season, rather. I don't think they're going to be that terribly good. I think they'll have another top 10 pick in the NHL draft next year. I think Connor Bedard will have a great rookie season. And I am super excited to go to a Hawks game hopefully next season and to see Connor Bedard in person. I'd love to see him play. I've heard so much about him. We've talked about him on here a lot. 17-year-old phenom from Canada. The clear number one pick. And he's coming to the Blackhawks. And it's fun. It's exciting. I, I We've said before on here, the Cubs, the Blackhawks, and the Bears, all three of them are on the uprise. And it's really fun and really cool to see them traject in the upwards to to superstardom. You know, it seems like 
those three on paper are going to be really good in the second half of these 2020s, 2025 to 2030. I like it seems like that's what's going to happen, and that's great. I love that. I love when our Chicago sports teams win. I love it. I don't care what team. Like, I don't care if it's the Cubs. I don't care if it's the Hawks. I don't care if it's the Bulls. I don't care if it's the Bears. I don't care if it's the Sox. I don't care if it's the Chicago Sky. I don't care if it's the freaking King County Cougars. I don't care. I love seeing my home sports teams win. That's what I want to see. It's more fun that way. It gets more people included, more people excited. And it's a shame that the Bulls and the White Sox are at the opposite ends of that. They're projecting downwards, if not straight downwards. And the Cubs, Bulls, excuse me, the Cubs, Hawks, and Bears are all leaning upwards. And I think I'll leave it at that. I'm running out of time here. And I would love to hear what your thoughts and opinions on were on one of these topics today or all three or rather four topics today I'd love to hear it comment on our socials comment on Spotify every single episode that we have on Spotify there's a question down there feel free to answer it we love your responses we take every single response seriously and and if there are good questions on there that bring up you know we might put them on the podcast we might give you a shout out so please put your questions down there and we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Two Bums and a Mike Sports Podcast. Again, always listen to us on Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All at Two Bums and a Mike. I have been Michael. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next time.